Well, I'm so glad that you're with me again today. I want to remind you today that the gospel of your salvation, the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, is the proclamation of an accomplished fact. It is an accomplished event. Many people, many professing Christians, still believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the message that Christ has come into the world, died, rose again, ascended back to the Father. The Holy Spirit was sent at Pentecost in order to make your salvation simply possible. In other words, we can't do it without Jesus. We can't do it without his work on the cross and his resurrection. But we he can't do anything to save us beyond that. He's powerless to make that salvation effective, effectual in your life. It's up to you. In other words, the gospel is that of, of a salvation made possible, not of a gospel of a salvation made secure. But the gospel news, the great message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, is that in eternity past, God chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. He predestined you in eternity past for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And then when the time was right, he sent his son into the world to live and die and rise again on your behalf to secure that which God had predestined you for. So that the proclamation, the apostolic proclamation now, is not of something that has yet to be decided, but of something that has been decided. So I want to refer here to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. As I was meditating on this text over the weekend, it struck me how that the language here is so powerful. Because Paul is saying, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. End quote. What I want to point out to you here is that Paul did not say, because you heard and believed, you were marked and sealed in Christ. But when you heard and believed, now give give that a little thought. Take a breath. There's a difference between when and because. But most Christians today will read this text as because. In other words, they believe that they are accepted before the Father because they heard and because they believed. 
not when they heard and when they believed they were included in Christ, but because they heard and believed, ultimately making their hearing and their believing a work that they did that resulted in God's acceptance of them and sealing them with the Holy Spirit. I can't emphasize this enough. We must be guarding against this notion, this default position that pulls us away from the message of truth and back into the lie. That lie being that God does his part, we do our part, and the outcome is our salvation. That's not the gospel. So Paul here, in these two verses, is making it very clear that it was simply when we heard the truth, the gospel of salvation, your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So Paul proclaimed to them a gospel of their salvation as an accomplished fact in Christ. There's nothing they could add to it. There's nothing that they need to do in order to be accepted before the Father. The ground of their salvation was in the finished work of Christ alone. And yet, in time, in history, during your lifetime, there was a point when you were included in that. And even hearing and believing itself was a work of grace. It's not something that you did. You received that which God had already accomplished. Now, some of you might say, well, Rick, you're just dealing with semantics here. You're dealing with splitting hairs. But I'm really not. I mean, a ship that leaves port that's only a few degrees off its course may look good for a few hundred miles. But at some point in the journey, the captain will realize that they are headed towards a completely different destination than that they had set out for. And so it is with the hearing and, and believing our default away from the gospel is such that if we don't get this right in the beginning, we may spend decades of our life believing something that isn't true. So what I want for you, especially if you are new in Christ, is to grasp the, the truth the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, as being an accomplished fact. Not because you heard and believed, but when you heard and believed, you were included. So let's look at the chronology one more time here. What God determined and chose before the creation of the world he accomplished in human history through the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ. 
And then at a particular moment in your own personal history, your lifetime, you heard the gospel, and that hearing was made effectual by the pre-work of uh, the Holy Spirit in regeneration, so that you heard, you didn't just hear as you would hear an airplane going over or uh, the roar of a, a car driving by. No, you, you actually heard. It's more meaningful than just simply hearing a noise. You heard in such a way that, that, that something impacted you. And the result of that impact is that you believed what you heard. And what you believed is that God has accomplished your salvation in his Son. And that's glorious good news. So when you heard, when you believed, you were included. Not because you heard and believed. And there's a big difference there. Between when and because. So you are not in Christ because of anything you did. You are in Christ when you heard and believed. That's simply God himself closing the circle that he began in eternity past. Let me give you another text on that. 1 Corinthians 1 tells us this. Uh, It says, verse 30, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know how that could be any clearer. But if you were to ask an average Christian today, they would say they are in Christ because they heard and believed and because they were baptized and because they go to church and because they so on, so on, and so on. But 1 Corinthians one thirty affirms what I read you in Ephesians. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. See, this is what's at risk here. If you start thinking it's because of you hearing and believing that you are in Christ, then you have something to boast about. And believe me, brothers and sisters, I've heard people, I have acquaintances, I even have dear friends whom I've heard say this. They are boastful, and they're nice enough people, but there's an underlying pride that has yet to be crucified in their character. And it's because that pride has found a place in them. It's a devilish temptation to believe that somehow we are in Christ because of something we did. Well, I heard and I believed. Yes, you heard and believed. The question in the New Testament is answered and is that there's a reason you heard and believed and it's not because you were better than the guy who didn't hear and believe. You heard and believed because as a result of a prior work of God on your mind and will a regenerating work of God whereby he raised you from the dead 
spiritual and moral death into and included you in his son. And that became experiential for you when you heard and when you believed, not because you heard and because you believed. So let me just reiterate the chronology. What God, what God predetermined in eternity past and then in human history secured at the death and resurrection of his son was applied what you were included in that accomplished reality when you heard and believed and then you were sealed now let me give you this one more point you were sealed with the promised holy spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are god's possession to the praise of his glory you are a work in progress in time and space, but you are not a work in progress in God's eyes. Your redemption is accomplished. You are positionally never going to be more saved than you are right now. You have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit which is a guarantee. The Holy Spirit indwelling you is your evidence and guarantee as well as your personal experience of the salvation that is being worked out in you, not so that you could secure it, but just so you could experience it and one day will be fully realized. But what it won't be is fully accomplished. Now, I know this may sound like double talk to some of you, and I hope that's not the case. It's very important to understand. And I know that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of our salvation, is so counterintuitive, so contrary to everything we think about when we think about religion, that we have to really work at it. We have to be deliberate. We have to apply our hearts and minds to the truth here. And the truth is that of a pro the proclamation of an accomplished work on our behalf into which we were included when we heard and when we believed. And there's one more element here that is yet to be fully realized. Though it is fully accomplished, it is yet to be fully realized. And we are guaranteed that Full re, re, fully realized redemption. Not because of any good thing you do between now and then, but because God has yet to wrap this whole thing up. God, Listen, let me put it this way. God is not waiting for you to work out your salvation so you can find acceptance with him, and then he'll, he'll bring human history to a close. No, you are already marked. You are already sealed. You are already, if you will, set aside as God's own possession. While he continues to bring his people into that reality, apply that accomplished salvation to them, you are already set aside. You are already guaranteed. And one day, that which has begun in you 
as far as your experience and your realization of it, will be fully perfected. But that doesn't mean it's not an accomplished fact. And that's what's kind of hard to grasp. We're in a now and not yet stage. We're not in a now and not yet as far as our accomplished salvation. That is done. That is secured in Christ. What is now and not yet is our experience, our realization of it. So, my concern is that you not fall victim to the nonsense that somehow Jesus came into the world to make your salvation merely possible, subject to your works of observances and rituals and rites and good deeds by which you hope for an outcome of acceptance by God on that final day. That's not the gospel. Now, there will be a final day. There will be a final judgment. But for you who are in Christ, that final judgment has been predicated upon something that's already occurred. And that's the work of Christ, not your work. And you were included in Christ. Because grace moved upon your mind and your heart and will, and you heard and you believed, and then you were marked and set aside as God's possession. Satan has no claim on you any longer. Sin has no claim on you any longer. The world has no claim on you any longer. Your family history has no claim on you any longer. You are now in the one whom he, God, loves. You are being conformed in this moment into the image of his son. And one day, one day, you'll be fully perfected in that image. So let me close with that text in 1 John chapter 2. My dear children, um, let me chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. We see, we already are. Now, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. Done. Sealed. You're not in a probationary state. And what will be has yet, has not yet been made known. So there's a now and not yet here. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. See, everything is Christ-centered, not you and I-centered. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So now you are children of God. And it has not yet been fully realized. But we know that when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And this is the hope that motivates you to purify yourself in this now and not yet time. Because after all, who you really are, who you truly are, is who you are in Christ. Nothing more and nothing less. Well, I hope that's helpful. The gospel is counterintuitive. 
It goes against the grain of our religious mind, and we have to be careful to be deliberate, to grasp it, and to hang on to it and cling to it. Amen.